Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KM6NWZ. And we like to talk about the ham radios. So let's get started, shall we? How's it going, Leah? How are you this week? Bracing myself for you going to Hamvention. Brace yourself. Hamcation. Hamcation, yes. It's happening. Happening this week. Uh, we are recording this on an earlier date. So Surprise. maybe a little bit shorter episode compared to the four hour episode that was last week. We got uh, many a comment on that. They're like, oh, yes, good. Back to the four hour standard. That was simply us trying, to, that was us trying to catch up on some much needed you know, messages that we had received that we, me specifically, screwed up on uh, making them go into the pile of QSLs. So we corrected that. Thanks, everybody, for sending us that physical mail. We really do appreciate it. But we like to kick off the Ham Radio Crash Course with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. It's a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a minute. It's been good. It's been uh, very, very good. So this week, we're going to be talking about the multimeter in the sense of HamFest. I was trying to think to myself, what is like the best tool that one could like drag out to a ham fest? And while I think that that still probably goes to the QRP Me Pocket Pal 2. What is that? It's a little Altoids tin, mm. a set of little, basically, it's a PCB with a couple of different tools that it can do. It can be a signal generator. It How can funny be... would it be if you offered somebody a mint? Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a radio. <laughs> Surprise. At a ham fest, it's probably more <laughs> likely that there's a radio in that mint tin than there is an actual mint, uh, to be fair. So the Pocket Pal tool, too. Somebody's eating the cheese out of here. <laughs> right. It's like a 12-volt source for low-powered radios. It will do a signal generation on 20 meters and 40 meters, I believe. It will also do a bit of frequency counting using a Morse code kind of piezo um, or, you know, some kind of very simple speaker that's on the radio. It will do a power supply for LEDs, so you can test LEDs. It will also provide a output that you can use on meters for testing meters to make sure they work. Really, really handy tool. Like, uh, if you don't have one of those, it's probably too late to get one before the fest, but highly recommended because they're really small. It's like a mint tin. But if you can't get one, the other thing I bring with me is a Poe Kit um, multimeter. This is a Bluetooth-enabled multimeter, and really any multimeter works, even the one at Harbor Freight, because you can do some things like, obviously, voltage checking, although I don't think you're going to be opening up radios to like start diagnosing problems on why a radio won't start up. Some of you might. Of course, I'm always proven wrong when I make statements like these. I'm sure there are people that do that. But simple continuity checking voltage output checking for like batteries and whatnot um even you know solar panel testing like if you're outside you can do all that stuff with a multimeter so it's oftentimes a really nice thing to have on you you may get back to the hotel room or let's say you you do buy a radio on like a friday and you say i'm going to take it back to the hotel room i got a power supply and i'm gonna i'm gonna check the radio out it may be okay no big deal is it okay if i bring it back to you if i'm not able to make it work etc sometimes you know hams will let you do that so a multimeter is a good thing to have on hand man hams are trusting well, if the radio's not working, right, and the guy says, no, oh, no, it worked before I left, well, it may be something really simple, maybe just a really simple fix it. You just got to take it away from the hustle and bustle of the event just somewhere quiet in the hotel room to make a quick fix. I am sure there's plenty of hams who have done that. So anyway, 
just a shout out to the multimeter in case you're thinking about hitting up the ham fest here in the near future. What can't a multimeter do? Lots of things. Yeah, that's true. Leia, would you like to taste the test? <laughs> so many things that I cannot do. You can't take the test for you, Leia. We no haven't hit, we haven't even tried though. <laughs> Could we try? <laughs> I am on question twelve of thirty-five. Yep. What is the feed point impedance of an end-fed half-wave antenna? Mm. A very low. B very high. C approximately fifty ohms. D approximately 300 ohms mm. <laughs> it's a cautious hand moving the answer is very high very high yeah it's very high so high so if you think an end fed half wave end fed yes meaning fed in the end fed on the end half wave half of a wave what is a dipole <laughs> antenna a dipole correct but it is a two middle yeah fed yes half wave antenna yes right okay so impedance is high on the ends low in the middle the 50 ohm or around 75 ohm to 50 ohm is in the middle okay it's still a half length of wire right whether it's an end fed or a dipole it's the same length mm -hmm. where you feed it is going to change the impedance Oh. All right. So keep that in mind. So you can't apply simple dipole rules to an end-fed antenna. Wow. That's very helpful. The next question reads... <laughs> For everyone else. That was very helpful. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just lamenting on how few of these knowledge nuggets you drop. <laughs> Before you answer? I don't do any of that. That's kind of the antithesis of this whole thing, right? You know what? That We should try that. We should try you explaining it, but not telling me the answer, and then seeing if I can get the answer after your explanation. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Let's start now. <laughs> no, I think we do that next week when we have a little bit more time. What portion of the 10-meter band is available for repeater use? A, the entire band, B, the portion above 29.5 megahertz, C, the portion between 28.3 megahertz and 28.5 megahertz, or D, the portion between 28.1 megahertz and 28.2 megahertz. And the answer is the portion above 29.5 megahertz. I got that right. You did. You did. Because uh, it was kind of like one you had before and you remembered? I guessed. Well, <laughs> you had a similar question on the last test that talks about Solid. usage of that band. Mm. Repeaters are usually on the high side of the band. What is meant by the main lobe mm. of a directive an antenna? It says directive? Directive. Okay. A, the point of maximum current in a radiating antenna element. B, the direction of the maximum radiated field strength from the antenna. C, the maximum voltage standing wave point on a radiating element. D, the magnitude of maximum vertical angle of radiation. Hmm. Interesting choices of answers. 
the answer is the direction of maximum radiated field strength from the antenna. Mm-hmm. And I selected that correctly. Nice. Very good. And it's gain, directional, right? Directional mm. antenna. Yeah. They said directive, but think yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Which of the following is a characteristic of QPSK31? Mm. A, all of these choices are correct. B, its bandwidth is approximately the same as BPSK. BPSK31. C, it is sideband sensitive. Or D, its encoding provides error correction. Hmm. All of these choices are correct. And you went with that? I did not. Whoop, whoop. All of the choices are correct. All of those choices are the correct choices. When may the 10-meter repeater tra- retransmit the 2-meter signal from a station that has a technician class control operator? A, only if the 10-meter repeater controller holds at least a general class license. B, under no circumstances. C, only during an FCC-declared general state of communications emergency. Or D, only if the station on 10 meters is operating under a special temporary authorization allowing such retransmission. All right. I selected only if the 10 meter repeater control operator holds at least a general class license, and that is correct. What did I say? How many questions have I gone through so far? Which of the following is an advantage of a call this the last one direct digital synthesizer DDS? A relatively low power consumption, B relatively high power output, C wide tuning range and no need for band switching, or D variable frequency with the stability of a crystal oscillator. The answer is variable frequency with the stability of a crystal crystal oscillator. Mm. I got that wrong. Womp womp. Wompity womps. Womp womp. <laughs> well, thank you, Leia, for struggling through the test, as always. Yeah. If you would like to study along with Leia, we recommend a couple of things. Hamstudy.org is probably the first place you want to go. A free website to take practice exams. The best part about hamstudy.org is the more tests you take, it will tell you the sub-elements, and that's what breaks up. It will tell you how dumb you are. (laughs) It will tell you, yeah. The technician license pool, for instance, is broken up into 10 sub-elements with a varying amount of questions within each one. But the more you take practice exams, the quicker you get an idea of which sub-elements you need to work on, which is great. It allows you to do that, too. So we recommend hamstudy.org. If you'd like to study in book form, which a lot of people do, I did. Oh, my God. The test pool expires in June? Yes. That's what... Nathan has been telling you that for... Leia. Nathan has been telling you. Yikes on bikes. (laughs) I I feel like... I feel like Nathan is listening to this going, am I a joke to you? I have... I am, he's broken it down to like the seconds. I know. That's what threw me off. Oh, my goodness. You made the number two <laughs> big. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, Nathan. 
Um, if you'd like to study in book, book form, <laughs> we highly recommend the Gordon West test prep books that are on Amazon for Technician, General, and Extra. It's a fantastic book series and gives you a lot of background on why some of this stuff is important. And if you like the audiobooks, the free fast track to your ham radio license books are available on Audible. And when I say free, you can get one for free if you've never made an Audible account before. Big recommendations for that because it's basically your book for life or as long as you have an Audible account. So we really recommend it. Reminder to everybody, we're saying extra by April. That is a term that someone cooked up within the YouTube community. Extra by April is really just a way of saying, let's try and upgrade our license, whichever level of license you hold to whichever level you really want to attain. So if you don't have any license, let's get your technician by April. If you're a technician and want to go to general, do that by April. And if you're a general, well, you should probably start right now to get yourself to extra in April as well, because you can do it. You can still do it in um, by April if you're a general today. So, hey, we'd appreciate you continuing your journey on ham radio. All right. So if you'd like to help out the podcast, you can leave us a review on the Apple podcast for the Ham Radio Crash Course. And or you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. There are no reviews today because we're recording this way earlier than we normally do. So Is that why or did last week suck? You know, it was long. It was yeah. long. We definitely got the feedback. People, you know what? People noticed <laughs> when we dropped a four-hour episode. People took Well, note. it's fine because this week's going to be shorter. So make last week's last. <laughs> uh, right. It will all even itself out in the end, right? Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Mm -hmm. So anyway, well, again, we do appreciate just you Just like work-life balance. That's right. For everybody who built a shed last week, maybe just uh, mow half of the lawn this week. <laughs> Work that work-life balance. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall fear no Let's man go. of peace. One go. foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Oh, I the wonder exhale if anybody well. has ever used bees in a war. The Great Bee War. <laughs> like just sent a bunch of bees to attack, attack bees. Uh, I mean, attack bees. I guess, I guess they kind of did that in um, in Wednesday. <laughs> right? What was the uh, what was the name of that like the super hornet the, the that was on uh, the Hunger Games? Something Jacker. I don't know, but apparently Japanese honeybees will kill like hornets i told you this on the podcast i i literally i said apparently apparent <laughs> i shared this with you the japanese hornets are huge they're like the length we're of gonna make finger. this whole episode episodes in which i act <laughs> like i came to a realization that... so i learned the other day if you start out that way i'll really be offended so what i discovered in my research is that Japanese honeybees. <laughs> Have you heard of this? <laughs> Have you heard of this? Did you know about this? 
Nathan, did you know <laughs> that the pool, the general test pool, this year, this year in June? Who knew? It's months away. Oh my gosh! I wish somebody would have told Leia about this upcoming it just reality. Just up on me I, out of nowhere. The audacity of the question pool to expire right under our noses like this. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about war. Whoa. Yeah. And not like the corners going to war. (laughs) Not the great B war. (laughs) Yeah. So, a big headline this week, and I've got to be honest, uh, it's it's so unpleasant to keep up with news these days. Right. There's no, there's never any good news. It's all bad news. (laughs) Yeah. It's, but not only that, it used to be like small amounts of bad news like it was bad news but it was like oh okay that's that's not great but now it's literally end time headlines right like we just got out of a panoramic now we're in a triple panoramic um but okay okay the un chief warns the unchief yeah the unchief mm-hmm. which would doesn't make him a chief at all anymore. Right. Why are we listening <laughs> to this guy? Wouldn't that be hilarious? I recently uh, I saw an ad. Uh-huh. Okay. And it was an ad for like ranking the best pillows for back pain. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was basically one of these listicles, right? right? And it was from one to ten, and number one was some pillow I'd never heard of. <laughs> like, right. Just Something never, that someone's grandma made. Yeah, like never heard of this before. Then, hours later, when I logged into Facebook again, I saw another ad. For that pillow? For that pillow that said, ranked number one pillow. <laughs> they got you. And then, and then I was like, did you? Did you write an article on a separate web page? Get it ranked. <laughs> and then is now feeding it with people through the ad for the pillow. That's, <laughs> that's diabolical. No, I mean, they literally created a website just to rank pillows. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that they could then claim they were number one. Oh, like I uh, got it. Okay, yes, maybe, maybe. Next week, best ham radio podcast. <laughs> and then find out where we ranked. It's <laughs> going to be surprising. The results will surprise you. Okay. Anyway, so the UN chief, yes, warns of a wider war. One year after Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So when speaking to the UN General Assembly, the UN chief noted several of the priorities for the year, focusing on climate change, poverty, rising nuclear threats, which is I thought I thought we were done with nuclear. I think I thought every all the countries understood that it's mutually assured destruction. Do you realize what you can do with this? This is like when Edison was playing chess with me. Mm-hmm. And he mirrors 
Right. Okay. Have you ever played a mirror game with Edison? No. In which every move you make, he just makes the exact same move mm, on I have his not. side of the board. Okay. <laughs> and which then, is tough for him because he likes to play white against me, which is interesting. Yeah, I played white. Okay. Well, that's why he's mirroring you. And so he's just all, the whole the whole way. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, this is actually more clever than I thought. <laughs> it's not, though. I mean, if you have a good opening, then yeah, it's okay. But a mirror is usually not going to work for most openings. I think he played like a Sicilian opening. Not that he knew what the Sicilian was. I'm mm -hmm. like, you fool. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess I did, I I did see him with an Italian chess book, though. So maybe I shouldn't assume. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm joking. So... Uh, I, I just thought we were good on the nuclear threat front for... No, any country that doesn't have a nuke wants one so that they can be at the table when they're discussing what are we all going to do with these nukes. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. But that just means that you spent all this money to come to the table so that you wouldn't get nuked. In, it's like where you put your pawn in position <laughs> to take... That's like one of those uh, funny not-a-cop things where it's like, hey... Uh, all us uh, uncountries are going to get together and show off our nukes. Bring it to the uh, the, the Long Beach <laughs> Rec Center for the last weekend of the month. We're to show off how cool our nukes are. It's just you know, you're you you put all your pawns in position, mm -hmm. all your pieces in position to, uh, so that if somebody tries to take that, they'll lose it, right? So that you're all stuck. You know? I mean, I guess, but usually that precipitates a large peace exchange. Yes. Right, and then it just clears up the board real fast. It also reminds me of how hilarious North Korea's missile launch was. Do you remember? All of their <laughs> missile launches are funny. That's kind of the whole point of it, right? Is that they're kind I of... got better distance with my uh, Discovery Science rocket kit. <laughs> That used a recovered two-liter soap uh, soda bottle. Uh, North Korea, have you tried baking soda and vinegar? <laughs> but like a lot of it, yeah. like the yeah, most yeah. we've ever seen. Have you heard of elephant toothpaste? <laughs> uh, right. That's going to be a really funny Mark Roper video. He's in North Korea. <laughs> He's too busy making kids science kits now. Which is the natural progression of his channel, you know? There's a um, a YouTube channel called, like, Niall Red. He's a chemist, and he makes interesting chemistry projects. Like, stuff that people don't make anymore because it's kind of like, no, it, it's like old school stuff a lot yeah. of time. He made what is considered, like, the smelliest substance on Earth. Oh. Like, they had an accident making it, and just from the vent hood, uh -huh. it, like, covered multiple miles of a oh. city block. Could you just throw the blackest black on it? Because it's supposed to absorb everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it absorbs smell. But then in the comments, Mark Roper commented and said, hey, I need this. Contact me about a project I'm working on. <laughs> oh, it's it's probably the... Um, yes. The steal-a-box kit. The, the, the booby trap box yeah. for people that... Yeah. Porch pirate. Yeah. So... That would be insane because that chemical is like diabolically bad and it gets worse when it more air hits it. Oh, no. 
the more air that like blows over it, it just gets into the air and spreads. It's impressive. I think anyway. banks could really use this too. Just to get you out of there. Because no, nobody likes standing in line in a bank. Instead of dye packs. But uh, honestly, I feel like... No, I think dye packs are still really important. But I feel like most of the time when I have to go into the bank to get like brand new bills for Chinese New Year or something, it's very rare I need to go into a bank anymore. Like, right. As evidenced by their complete lack of tellers now. <laughs> they literally have a person directing people to use the inside ATM. Mm-hmm. And and you're just wondering to yourself, why can't you go to a window? <laughs> like, why can't you help me? <laughs> you're standing right the, there. The inside like, ATMs are really nice, though. They are. They are really, like, they, I don't know. It, it's like going to a really nice, like, you know, you go to a casino and they got the old slot machines. Yeah. And they're like, I don't really want a three-reel slot machine and no no wheel at the top. No big wheel or whatever that spins. But then you go and That's look at That's my favorite. A single line three reel. That is my favorite. With the wheel of fortune on it? I, it doesn't even need a wheel of fortune. It needs a single line. Mm-hmm. I don't want like the 22 option payout. Okay. I want a single line and I want three reels. That's it. Those are the games I look for. Do you know why they don't have those anymore? That is best odds. Okay. On a slot I, machine. I mean, that is arguable. I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole, but okay. Fine. They set the odds on the machine. Yeah, but the... Uh, the it's port. not like when they mine the machine out of the earth. Well, They're like, oh, the three wheels. Those are the best not- odds. <laughs> it's not like there's a device in the back that they set the odds on. Listen, we're, we're not going to get into the statistics of this all, but... No, not for slot machines because yeah. that's just crazy. You can't do the math on that. There are MIT engineers working on how to best fleece you out of your money. (laughs) So the uh, the UN chief continues saying, we have started 2023 staring down. Let me spend your money. What? (laughs) It's the the MIT engineers. (laughs) Staring down the barrel of a confluence of challenges unlike any other in our lifetimes. Mm Mm-hmm. He cites the Russia-Ukraine conflict as one of his major worries, saying that the prospects for peace between the two countries amid the nearly one-year conflict continues to diminish. Yes. And if it continues, this literally looks either something like World War III, mm-hmm. which post-panoramic, I don't know how many countries are going to be willing to boots on the ground or resources i don't know but expended i mean there's already countries that are kind of like backdooring military equipment into both sides right 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 it's almost become like the the new proxy war where in the past afghanistan was the proxy war location right russia fought there the u.s funneled equipment in then the U.S. went there, and they were using largely reused Russian equipment against the U.S., right? Uh, who knows what else from China or, or Russia as well. But regardless, I'm, I'm not trying to make a historical point here. But, yeah, it, it is quickly becoming like a sinkhole of money. Do you know how much the Biden administration committed? No. Billions? In security assistance? Seven billions? $29 billion. $29 billion. Wow. That's 
That is a lot of billions. Radars, rockets, munitions, and other equipment to help in the air and land defense against Russia. I mean, they've been using the javelins for a while. They'll probably continue using those. I mean, it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. But for us, the reality is we have lived through multiple wars, right? Uh, sure. Do you think that, and, and by and large, those wars, with the exception of our military and military families, mm -hmm. you know, going to fight. Yes. I think the average civilian's life was Largely relatively unaffected. unchanged. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, based on the UN chief's comments, that something would fundamentally change for us life in whatever country, the U.S., obviously not directly involved countries, but non-directly involved countries? It's a really good question. So, I mean, this is one of those, like, how far back in time do you have to go for examples to, to better understand the situation? I don't feel like the situation with Ukraine and Russia is like Vietnam. I don't feel that it's similar to that. I don't feel like it's similar to Korea. It is more in line with World War II slash World War One. Okay. How so? Well, so World War One, and it's less like World War One, uh, but World War One was kind of like a number of superpowers that had scaled up military power to a point that they were kind of like waiting for something to happen for them to flex their muscle a bit. Mm -hmm. And then a kind of a cascading effect of things happened, starting even before the, the murder of um, Archduke Ferdinand. But it all led to this kind of cascade of many countries being pulled in on multiple fronts, right? Because obviously World War One, you had empires that are now gone, like the right. Ottomans, for, for instance, that all kind of had their own local beef that kind of popped off, which led to the larger narrative. And again, you're talking about the leadership of these countries at the time whose families were kind of all intermingled. Right. So once one thing started happening, it was almost like a beef against major families. Right. It's almost like a like a mafia event where like a crime family starts going down and then they all start popping off, right, kind of thing for alliances made over time. But then the the flip side, the result of World War One is that you now have, you know, Germany and other countries, but Germany mainly, being put in this kind of non-tenable position that they couldn't really subsist as being a country anymore unless they, they did something. And that thing they did was like World War Two, right, mm -hmm. after they started amassing arms and all creating Luftwaffe and all that stuff. Um, and I appreciate that I'm, I'm really simplifying all of this. But in, in that case, they had an, a loose or, or strenuous alliance with other countries in, in the beginning with Russia and then Japan, which was also those countries being superpowers with their own political beef. Right. Right. And so now you have Ukraine kind of being almost like a, a Poland, if you will. Right. Mm. When when looking at World War Two sure. and what's going on there, the the blitzkrieg of the Germans took over way more land, way faster than um, than what the Russians have done because of the response of the people in Ukraine. Sure. 
But at the same time, you now have this environment where we have this war going on where no side really wants to be obviously displayed as the country assisting that other country. Right. So you're not seeing American fighter planes flying over Ukraine, dogfighting and attacking ground installations. Right. But if at any time it became something like that, then it would be this loose kind of collateral effect of other countries that have beef with the U.S. or Russia or whatever. It's really only a couple of serious events that really just come above the noise floor where other countries will be like, no, F that guy. In now, particular. I, now, F that guy in particular, I'm going in, right? I mean, we're already seeing countries like Finland that are just like, no, like the, the really against the Russians, right? Well, I mean, so many countries are in such a poor position post panoramic. I mean, yeah, but, not our country's no no different, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but you're looking at Ukraine, who, for all intents and purposes, is putting up a serious defense. Mm -hmm. They're putting up like a very good defense yeah. against the Russians, and other countries are like, well, hey, they're not doing so bad. But you know what's and I got a history of the beef with the Russians potentially. And now you got China's effect and all that other stuff. Well, it's an odd position because you know that China would support Russia. Right. But as the US spends mm -hmm. and increases the amount of debt, and having too much debt for the US is a major problem. Sure. You know, if if the US defaults on a national debt we're looking at higher interest rates markets crashing job losses mm -hmm. right and a major uh debt issue we have is that we owe china right but it's it's kind of like owing the person that you may be going to war with that's what i'm saying it's just like no <laughs> i'm good <laughs> no I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. okay, so going back to your question, is it possible? Yeah, it's entirely more possible than I think something like a, a Vietnam would have led to a world war. And how do you prepare for it? It's gold, right? Is the answer gold? Is it <laughs> it's a stock up in, in uh, materials that have always had value, like gold, <laughs> silver, and even copper. What's the other pill that um, stockpile pennies? You need to get your your uh, potassium iodide sock up on that for when the bombs start falling. And uh, Alex Jones is always pushing some kind of like multivitamin. Mm. It's, it's basically like you know long, get yourself some Huel. It's like for longevity, you know. That kind of, <laughs> it's mighty. It's the mighty mind of uh, what's his name? Everybody needs their own home foundry. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, you know what's gonna you know what's gonna happen if this all kicks up. What chicken prices are gonna skyrocket? Everybody's gonna be on chicken buy chickens. Everybody. Okay. I know that. Like, I am not kidding. Feed and chicken. Like, we're almost there. I want chicken. No, I know, but like the chicken is going to become the 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 toilet paper and the paper towels of the panoramic. It, I was I was recently crazy. told by another city official that they actually have chickens. I'm telling you that even though it's against what this the city is going to do, I'm going to get my chickens tomorrow. What this is going to do? I want to 
What this is going to do? I've got to train Chloe to not attack the chicken. Oh my god, I don't even know. <laughs> New problem. <laughs> it's going to be a quad panoramic when everyone gets some kind of crazy avian flu. Well, I'm not planning on eating my chicken. Just living in close proximity to birds because and their poop is the problem. I'm not. I'm not getting a rooster. I'm. Just, we're not getting a rooster. We're just getting chickens. No more than two hens. It's fine. No, oh, whatever. Eggs for days. Apparently, there's also a chicken feed issue. Like, oh, that's eggs... what I'm saying. Feed is going to be a huge well, problem. Well, no, no, no. So people who raise chickens mm -hmm. all the way to the farmers have been talking about this reduced eggs being produced, like mm -hmm. chickens that were laying, you know, a, an egg a day mm -hmm. had dropped down to an egg a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they switched to the feed and suddenly the chickens were back to laying every day. So and the feed that everybody was using was like commonly accessible, the major feed that mm -hmm. everybody uses yeah. because it's a, a name brand easily <coughs> um, and inexpensive mm -hmm. in comparison to other feeds. So... Yeah, the chickens were actually eating um, all of the little circuit board components that we've been having a difficulty with. For yeah. <laughs> they had to switch the feed. So they're they're eating a different type of Josh, chicken. I want your permission right now I'm on not, the podcast I'm not to let me have chickens. I'm not giving you permission to have chickens. I mean, where, okay. Where are you going to put them? In the backyard. Just free roaming? Yeah. They'll jump over the wall. Why would they do that? That's what chickens do. I Jump actually walls? grew up. Yes. Oh, no. I know this because my mom told me about how uh, she would have to get the chickens in at night because they would jump up into trees. Yes. For the night. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I'll get something with the thing on the top. A I'll, what? I'll get a big chicken run that has a thing on the top. A chicken run? Yeah. This... Work out the logistics, as always, as I say. Like, work out the logistics and then we'll talk. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll, like, set up this thing where every time a chicken lays an egg, it sends a tweet. <laughs> like the book idea with eggs. <laughs> as long as they lay the egg on a very specific device, maybe, we could do that. Well, as long uh, if the weight change is like uh, within a certain range then you know it's an egg mm -hmm. if the weight change is within another range you know it's just a chicken getting on the mat here's the problem <laughs> if the chicken is standing on the mat yeah and it releases an egg yeah there's no change in weight so what what about once it gets off uh okay there will and they leave a weight yeah the weight has been a new weight is there. Yeah. A new zero exactly. has been achieved. Yeah, okay. We can work with that. Yeah. Yeah. I will mention really quickly I, I, I wait for chicken Twitter. <laughs> I think the, the unchief is is may not be wrong. That's obviously the worst case horrible scenario, but not not totally wrong. Now, regarding potassium iodide, I have to make a mention here. Why? A lot of preppers go and buy this stuff. Okay. okay? Where did this come from? Because there have been people talking about it, and I want to be really, really clear what that is for. Okay. Taking iodine, and I understand it is both referenced as iodine and potassium iodide. 
regardless. If you go to a prepper store and they're trying to sell it to you, the thing you have to keep in mind about that is that is the medication you take that buffers your thyroid gland from taking on radiation, which leads to cancer. The problem is that that is only really effective in the case of like a nuclear core meltdown, like in a power plant. Oh, not from weapons. If it's weaponized, then you are getting hit with different types of radiation that is going to affect your whole body, not just mm. your thyroid gland. Oh. So while you may have a really good thyroid after an atomic the bomb. The healthiest of thyroids. The healthiest of thyroids. <laughs> your whole other parts of your body are effed. Oh, no. So Can your thyroid fix all that? No. <laughs> no, it cannot. No, it cannot. What else can you take for the other organs? Uh, I, you know, if we just took lead in our <laughs> bodies, it would protect everything. No, there's not much you can do except avoid it. Be indoors, be shielded to some degree. and, and there Everybody get shield. a lead coffin. At, yeah, And then you it. get in it and then you get out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With all the time you have in preparation for a, a, a nuclear weapon. I, anyway. Okay. There you go. That's a that's a bummer topic, but you're welcome. <laughs> so the show topic. All right. So today's is, discussion for today is go on to the show. Sorry, the, show topic today is, the, the topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. I have two things to mention. The show topic will be. Are we all just going to become appliance operators? That's the show topic. I think I'm going to make that a badge. The appliance operator is going to be a badge. Okay. Oh, a, 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 patch? a patch? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because it's one of the... It's all one color. It's Well, it's one of the best-selling t-shirts, too. It would print really well. Yeah. Like if it's just a white, like a gray yeah. with the white background. Mm -hmm. But I want to mention, I didn't mention it at the top of the show, the Moby Linked. I've mentioned the Moby Linked. I've made videos about the Moby Linked, and obviously the tech preppers talking about them among other people, singing its praises, super excited about the Moby Linked. It was brought back for two days, two glorious days. Two days? They sold out in two days? Yeah. The Moby Linked website was selling the TNC4. It is sold out, sold right out. I tweeted about it. I made a post on YouTube. There was somebody who posted recently on it's my like YouTube post that says, I guess I need to click the bell because by the time I saw this, it was sold out. Why didn't you already click the bell? So click the bell. You never know when I'm going to drop these little hot nuggets. Now, I've been warning people. I have been warning people for Knowledge months Knowledge nuggets. Knowledge nuggets. And that's chicken, nuggets with a K. Chicken McNowledge nuggets. <laughs> I have been warning people that this was going to happen. They were going to release. We thought that it was going to be the end of February. Then that turned into March. And then they went uh, end of March was what we expected. Then they went YOLO. Here you go. The 5th. <laughs> Bam. And that sold as a pre-order. So I'm reading off the website right now. The TNC4 is expected to ship the week of February 29th. That scratched out. Due to extremely heavy demand, orders placed after February 6th, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time may not ship until the week of the 27th. So meaning they're already like delaying this out some. Right. I bought, I already have one. I bought one and I'm going to give it away. Whoa. So there you go. It, I, I bought one. I will give it away. For anybody who missed out, we'll have a, a chance of getting one. 
Um, hopefully only people who don't have one enter the giveaway. Considering that they sold out so quickly though, I don't know what their initial stock was to begin with. So it's possible that, hey, it's possible that there's not that many of them. Maybe there was only 50. <laughs> what a short run. <laughs> right. So today, how are we all going to become appliance operators? Right, Leah, what is what is an appliance operator? Just when push you hear the button. It? Just push the button. Just use the thing. Yeah. You don't need to know how how much resistance or impedance or even how many watts the toaster has. <laughs> I put up this antenna. Uh, I bought it at the HRO. I didn't do anything to it. I just put it up, attached my coax. I had a kid actually run the antenna in the tree. What happened to the squirrel, though? I, okay, I used a squirrel. So it's appliance operator slash animal husbandry supporter, enthusiast. Because this, this whole conversation is based on a, a discussion I had with a friend. And his perception is kind of based on his knowledge in, in this particular area of ham radio. Looking at the radios on the market today, and a little bit of the past radios, their current complexity and the importance of software that in the future, radio operators will be primarily appliance operators. Huh. So there's the there's the claim. Okay. Now, breaking this down a little bit further, here's here's my thoughts. Because I, by and large, I kind of agree with them. And that scares me. That, that makes me very worried for reasons that we'll get into. But if you consider most retail radios can't really be repaired by the owner. They're at the point where the, the circuitry is almost so tiny. It's almost like looking at the, the processor on your computer. Okay. Right? That is that is just wafers and wafers of complexity of little semiconductors and everything within a single processor, right? Well, our radios are kind of turning like into that. So many very complicated little circuits, lots of software writing in basically computers or FPGAs that we as hands most of us just don't have the ability to work on that and that is a change it's taken a long time to get to this point but it's a change than, than how we began right when right. we're just they were literally building their own radios because they had to further even if you had the knowledge the warranties would be against that they don't want you cracking the box and trying to fix everything and then oh i I, I, I really messed this one up. <laughs> I screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> oh, buddy. I, my, my one was flashing in the first position on my, my screen, and then uh, I pretty much just uh, burnt everything up. <laughs> get from a, a, a pixel dead on the one to, uh, to needing a, a full replacement. Given that the software on that's running on most retail radios now, it's hard to imagine a homebrew radio and the appropriate SDR-type firmware and UX that goes along with it, right? So if you just consider mm -hmm. any of the radios that are on the market that now have these really pretty screens and waterfalls and all that stuff, well, there, there does exist, like, you know, freeware out there that people can take and modify and, and special homebrew projects are people really enticed to go do that not really there, there's not really an interest in that further you'd have to you know i don't know get people interested in linux and we know how well that worked out right it, it's it's a great operating system but it, it just doesn't have the the mainstream appeal that's something like an appliance like a windows computer or really a macintosh computer has to just be a thing that you use and mm -hmm. hey and if we look at the computer market alone what are we all we're appliance operators very few of us actually 
build PCs, and even if we are building PCs, we're just assembling cards. We're just shoving cards in a box and starting it up and loading the software. That That's at most a technician level of understanding, but certainly not an electrician's understanding of what's going on. I'm a little surprised that you don't like this, though, because the easier they become to use... Oh, well, we're going to get to the why. We're going to get to the why. Okay, well, I, like, I guess... Well, if just stop. To it. <laughs> okay. The easier an appliance is to use, the more widespread adoption it will have. Sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, in terms of more hams... And the ham curious. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you're going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. 100%. My, my viewpoint has always been, if you give me simple radios to use, and, and I still feel the Baofeng is pretty easy to use. If you give me simple radios to use, I can make videos, I can show people how to use it, I can bring them into the hobby. Right. But and then, and I can't, I definitely can't do this on my own because I'm not an electrician, right? I'm not somebody who understands i don't i don't know the deeper lore right i don't know the the deeper magics somebody has to take that torch and and help people understand why they need to go further down the rabbit hole and become more advanced in the hobby and, and again i'm going to explain why don't don't worry i'm going to get to this i'm, I'm building, worried i'm building I'm so, I'm so scared i know i'm so scared with the decreasing size of radios components are small enough to require a knowledge of surface mount building that that most hams simply won't dive into do you know what a surface mount is by the way mm -mm. you're familiar with the concept of like what a resistor and a capacitor look like sure you know, they're the little things with wire sticking out on each side okay and the wires go through a hole and then you use a soldering iron to tack them into place okay surface mounts are just little rectangle bricks that could be smaller than the size of a grain of rice wow and they have conductive material on each end of the rectangle it's like a bar right okay and you use something called surface mount which is just a flat pcb with with little beds little metallic beds that it sits on and you use a liquefied solder paste and apply heat to it the solder flux that floats the solder disappears melting the solder in the process and creates a forever bond wow that's already mount. complicated they have robots that do the assembly of most radios because human beings just can't negotiate how small these things are huh further the efficiency of a robot is much faster with magnification and sensors and all that stuff that they can crank through a lot more parts than a human can mm -hmm. also our ham radio base is just it's it's older people and to do mm -hmm. surface mounts effectively you're going to have to get a little bit better magnification i literally have a mic my microscope is for surface mounts right that's what that's for yep is to do surface mount part material or building or repair Right. And to and to see what like the nooks and crannies of chips look like. Or children's fingers on, you know, Christmas or whenever we had that thing out. <laughs> or whatever they could you could throw on the uh, whatever filth they could put onto the uh, the plate. I mean, I think children's fingers were the dirtiest. Yeah. Yeah. As a byproduct of all of this, it seems that hams are losing some of their fundamental understanding about how radios and components work. And to go back to my talking with my friend, he said as an example, ask any ham to build an antenna tuner, some kind of matching network. Could okay. they do it? Right? Most, I would assume, could look up plans online, source the parts, and actually do build it. A manual tuner, for sure. If you wanted to build an automatic tuner, that's a little bit further down the rabbit hole. But when it comes to knowing more of these physical, larger components that go into something, 
building a tuner is actually pretty applicable because okay. you're talking about coils of wire, different tap points, and then you know different types of controls. Building a tuner is actually not that hard. An automatic tuner with the switching relays and whatnot is, is way more difficult, but it's still within the realm of us being able to still do and not have a problem. But as he points out, there are plenty of manufacturers on the market who will just be like, well, yeah, but I'll sell you a tuner right now and I make it an affordable price for, you know, $100 uh, or whatever. So it, why not just buy this? It'll be cheaper than buying the parts yourself. And all the tools that go into yeah. building it, right? Yeah. So that's why a lot of hams do it. And, and again, nobody's faulting anyone for thinking about things this way. But it, it, is, it is a real thing. Further, he added that, you know, just take a hypothetical number. I think he's take 10 friends that are hams. Could most of them even build a dipole? Hmm. His guess is that probably only two out of the 10 might be able to actually go through and explain the process of building a dipole, let alone build one and then being able to turn around and explain to people why they did what they did. A Y pole. No, why they did <laughs> what they did to build the dipole, right? Because at the end of the day, and, and here's the, and this isn't a sad fact more as it's like just human nature. We're inundated with information on how to build dipoles. There's tons of YouTube videos. There's tons of books. The ARRL handbook covers it at length, explaining this most fundamental antenna to people that might want to build it. But right. at the same time, if you ask somebody just off the top of their head to explain do you what you would do. build a dipole? It has to be a dipole, right? <laughs> so is this good or bad? My opinion is that over time, more and only when we become only, if we were to become only appliance operators, this is bad. Yeah, we get lots of cool radios. They become easier to use. But it could, could, but could, it threaten ham radio in its to its very core. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. So... You're saying that the average ham now wouldn't be able to uh, build a serviceable radio. Uh, do I think most hams would be able to build a serviceable radio? Meaning, if I gave a ham, let's no, I'm 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 going to take this back. Okay. So HRCC is home to some of the most technologically knowledgeable people. At mods, I say this all the time, but our mods and admins, especially, they're they're great at so many yeah. tech, you know, spheres. Yeah. From networking, programming, hardware, could yes one of uh, one of our admins, any admin, mm -hmm. do it? Probably. Okay. So, but but if I may, mm -hmm. so I don't know the answer to this question. But when we talk with the admins, we're talking about IT things, solving IT problems. Sure. I don't know of many of them that have built many radio kits. And a kit is like a HelloFresh meal. Mm -hmm. It shows up at the door. It has all the ingredients and the instructions. Mm. No one completes a HelloFresh meal and goes, I am a cook now. I, a lot of people do. In okay. fact, in fact, a large number of people okay, think that well, they can cook. But do you, as someone who does cook very proficiently, view that as like, yes, you are, you have attained the ranks of cooking skill and, and being able to kind of go forth and um, as, wing it? As somebody who cooks, I actually don't think cooking is complicated. Okay. So do I consider a HelloFresh box cooking? 
Well, it's yeah. booking in yeah, its barest form. Yeah. But it's not like chef training. I mean, a little bit because you learn which flavors go together. You're mm-hmm. being exposed that's a fun. To... That's a fun interview to interview to be on when you apply to be a chef at a restaurant and you, and, and your resume is just all the HelloFresh meals you've cooked. <laughs> I think I got all these Cutco knives and I made like 150 HelloFresh meals. <laughs> okay. So. So hire me. Am I right? I, I mean, there there are full on reality TV shows that are based on the concept of somebody like a home cook being as good as. Right. And it's a gradient of proficiency. Sure. I, I get that. Right. I'm not. And, and going down this rabbit hole is probably a bad example. I think that HelloFresh is. is kind of a good example for a radio kit. When you buy a radio kit, though, all the ingredients are there. We call them components. And the recipe is the instructions. Right. And instead of, well, we still apply heat. It's just in the form of a soldering iron versus a skillet. Sure. Right? Well, now you can start cooking dinner, Josh. I have cooked HelloFresh <laughs> type meals before. Not that difficult. <laughs> I also made that pot roast thing. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, you loved that. It was very salty. I that pepperoncini. What is it? What what? I keep screwing the name up. Pepperoncinis. No, no, no. I know what a pepperoncini is called. The recipe for the pot roast. Mississippi pot roast. It's good. I I think I would make some changes to it. And cooking it in the instant pot was probably why it was so salty. I think is my guess. No, cooking it in the instant pot probably saved it from being too salty, because you had no water evaporation. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah, it, it did need more liquid. Anyway, I don't look at that. Cooking it. is complicated. <laughs> right. Well, well, so, okay. Yeah, but I've learned something and, you know, sure, I, I've got a bit better at it. Okay, I, I take that. And this is nothing against the mods, but I think they are example of the of the future, right? Where we spend more time thinking about the IT and the integration of radios and technology in our life and making it as seamless and easy to use. I guess what I was getting at is that maybe these things seem difficult to a demographic that didn't necessarily grow up proficient with all of the Uh, different aspects. Whereas we are now raising a generation of kids that have electrical circuit boards Mm -hmm. that they build Mm -hmm. to make LED lights go on and fan switch and you can program it so that it will do what you want on the commands that you want. Fantastic point. Good juxtaposition I wasn't even thinking about. But I do need to get into this next part because this is going to help frame everything you've heard, I think, I hope. So I, of course, when I question what ham radio is all about, I go to the FCC, I pull up part 97, and I just read, what is the intention of ham radio? What is the point? You, you think that F- the FCC is... Well, let me read because okay. they're the ones that are basically put quote unquote policing our bands and setting the baseline rules that then we self-police upon right 97.1 basics and purpose is the section okay the rules and regulations in this part are designed to provide an amateur radio service having a fundamental purpose as expressed in the following principles principle a recognition and enhancement of the value of the amateur service to the public as a voluntary, non-commercial communication service, particularly with respect to providing emergency communications. So good. Becoming an appliance operator, 
goes right down that path, right? Not a problem. In fact, we, we probably get better at that as time goes on. Right. Although we're less needed, but that's a whole other discussion. B, continuation and extension of the amateur's proven ability to contribute to the advancement of the radio art. Okay. So we are contributing in the form of more software and better software integration into our radios, but are we contributing in the form of better circuit design, better electrical understanding? Okay. Right? So this is the base. This this sets the, the steps that we're going to go on because it's going to get a little bit tougher from here. Part C. Encouragement and improvement of the amateur service through rules which provide for advancing skills in both the communication and technical phases of the art. So that's kind of what the FCC is saying. It's like, yeah, we got to self-police. We'll create some rules, but then you got to um, run the baseline yourself. Now, here's the big one, okay? You guys just all got to be real cool, okay? It'd be really be cool real when you learn more about growing our, our great hobby and service. D, expansion of the existing reservoir, note the word, within the amateur radio service of trained operators, technicians, and electronics experts. What does that mean to you? I'm going to get to that. And then lastly, the continuation and extension of the amateur's unique ability to enhance international goodwill. Okay. So it's that it's that section D that is the, the most, uh, I think, telling of what the FCC... Now, the FCC is not everyone. It's not certainly me. It's not all of us. Not all FCCs. Not all FCCs. <laughs> <laughs> but what the FCC is trying to push for is the growth and expansion of the existing reservoir, which means people, right, that okay. can function as trained operators, technicians, which a technician is somebody who knows how to diagnose an issue and fix that issue. That's a technician okay. in the most lay, fast, high-level example. Okay. And electronics experts. X FCC words, right? Now, this has been around for a long time. The verbiage of this has been around for a very long time, and it's changed over time. Here's my take on it. Once upon a time, having a society of individuals that self-taught or were internally trained within their own ranks was very helpful for the growing business area that radio was to become and is. Okay. Right? Amateurs. So think of like, think of like, okay, what a smart concept that a government could say. What if instead that like the government takes a bunch of money and funnels it into like colleges to teach people this and those those people that come out would help grow this particular business area we think is really going to be big in the future. Right. What if instead the FCC taking some amount of dollars of the government said, what if we created a service that chiseled out spaces for people to use radio and play in radio, and we encourage, the, encourage them to not only be good operators, become technicians, and also electronics um, experts? Mm -hmm. You're literally helping to grow the economy of the country that right. takes on this skill, that, mm -hmm. takes, that becomes active in this hobby slash service. Right. That's very helpful at the time when radio was growing into the business area that it is now with manufacturers creating radios, with 
like actual business broadcast stations that need not only trained operators but technicians to fix the radios that were on the air. Right. That grew into a huge thing that is still uh, very popular today. Hams became vital in both the development of radios and their operation in convert commercial ventures. And they didn't okay. have to go to college necessarily to do that. They became vital because of their understanding of building radios, troubleshooting those radios, and then, of course, as a byproduct of building, operating those radios. Right. Okay. So take, for instance, someone that devoted their time to RF studies in college. Mm -hmm. That might be a person that we would see today, right? Right. If we look at the past where radio amateurs, we're talking amateurs, right? Ham radio operators that were involved in clubs or whatnot. If we look to those radio amateurs, are they as talented as their RF engineering counterparts? In some cases, yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in all cases, particularly as we've gone to higher frequency gigahertz microwave, that kind of stuff, and potentially phones and all the little um, intricate radios we have now. But if you consider what the FCC views amateur radio as, as a service, and breaking it down, and particularly that call out in Part D, mm -hmm. it kind of has to give you pause to consider if we all become just appliance operators is the fcc still really beholden to hold these frequencies for us if we're not continuing to grow our abilities outside of just operating and understand being technicians and electronics experts which they call that out i definitely am not an electronics expert should we still have the bands should we still have the access to these frequencies if it's just something a plaything that we do to operate on well i mean are you saying that as appliance operators you're not and again the uh, the admins always stick out in my head in this area of course right? of course because I absolutely think... And they're all better than me. Any criticism... And I'm not even throwing criticism at the admins. Of course I'm not. But I'm, I'm trying to use that as like an example of... But, and I, I would put them kind of on a higher tier than a lot of hams, I think. I think that's fair to say. Or are you trying to say that I they're mean, like all hams? No, no, no. I, I absolutely think okay. that they're much more okay, knowledgeable the... than the... <laughs> than... Uh... The average ham. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So continue your point. I think that they are integrating current technology with radio technology. Yes. But also preserving this method of communication that is not hinged on the infrastructure somebody else built. Yes. Right. So... There are going to continue to be technological advancements that hams create. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not to say that those won't contribute economically or technologically. And, and one would argue that um, obviously, and again, we're using the admins as an example. Sorry, admins. But they are probably in a more growing area of business 
than electronics expert. Yeah, absolutely. Right. For being IT focused. But I would I would continue. Yeah. I, I would consider them electronics experts. I'm I'm I pretty don't sure know that like I, I think feel... that they're all probably more electronics experts than I am as a software engineer, but I don't I don't know that I would vault electronics experts on their shoulders. There is uh there's a sound clip that's going around mm-hmm. that says I was born with the how hard can it be gene, right? Mm -hmm. I look at anything and I just think, how hard can it be? I can do this. (laughs) That's, uh, uh, it's Elise Myers. But but that's like, that's almost like Dunning Kruger, right? That's the peak of Dunning Kruger. Like you look at something after learning a little bit about it and you're like, oh, I've got this. But then you're, precipitous fall to the bottom of actual understanding begins no it's the acknowledgement that even if you don't know how you could learn oh absolutely well sure of course but but that's this this is kind of the point then if in the future radio radio manufacturers are making radios that are largely appliances and people aren't going after understanding what it is to be a technician for those radios Ooh. and their and their operating station. And they're not ever breaching into the area of understanding electronics. And then this goes back to the fundamental point of what is the service for? And is what the FCC's called out, particularly in this Part D, the expansion of the existing reservoir within the amateur radio service of trained operators, technicians, and electronics experts, should it be revised and be worded different or add things like software developers. I don't know. Um, Or are we going to fall away further from that (laughs) fundamental goal? I mean, you do realize for, uh, for a vast majority of people that don't understand hardware or software uh, or the different uh, specialties in uh, the tech space Mm -hmm. that they just assume, Assume that everybody who works in tech is an electronics expert, right? but that's not true. Yeah, I Ele- know it's not uh, true. Well, okay, but that's that's like that's not an argument in this case. It, it's a sound clip that you made, but it, it's not an argument, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm always troubled by this because I I can see both sides, obviously, right? But I don't know what the end looks like here. This is one of those situations where... Do you actually think that yeah. if one of the major radio manufacturers like Icom or Yesu, um, even Linko or Elecraft, if they were to go belly up, mm-hmm. that hams wouldn't find a way to fix their radios? Oh, sure. They would just They would just be like, oh... This bit the dust. We'd find the guy that knew how to do it, and we'd all send our radios to that guy. That's kind of what happens in clubs and whatnot. Is like you know, I'm, I'm not again, and and let me be really clear: ham radio is a is a hobby and service with many different ages of people. But yeah. I gotta say that the technology, the the technician understanding, and the electronics experts in our hobby are towards the higher end in age, demographically. There are just new kinds of experts, though. 
yes, but if you took a young expert and said, here you go, troubleshoot the actual board on my radio. And well, I was it. born with a gene believing that somebody else really could figure it out. I know someone can, but I'm wondering <laughs> is the statistical breakup of those people amongst their peers diminishing? I think and I think you're getting too stuck on this like electrical experts thing because in the in the time that this was written, mm -hmm. the people who wrote it probably think that software engineers are electrical experts. No, they don't. Do you know they, they don't. <laughs> they don't. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because well, because no... they, they couldn't even conceive what we're looking at today. But there, so, at no time is there any like crossover. Unless you're I close to the hardware with your software, that any time I would look at a uh, software diagram, would I consider it a schematic? They put in a blanket phrase for their only understanding of what was coming. Okay. So this this like... falls back on, <laughs> consider the stupidity of government. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the stupidity of government, but like they didn't know what software was at the time no, I that get they it, wrote but you this. Can't, you can't code your way out of a broken capacitor. You can't. Code no, but I'm saying that the, the electronics. If I experts, had a couple more beers, I'll hit the bomber curve, and then I can do anything. I, I can fix electronics <laughs> with my code. Like you can't do that. Like yes, software-defined radios will alleviate some of this, but you still have electronics, even in a software-defined radio. You can't get around that, right? Right, but I, what I'm saying is that. I think the electronics expert phrase, mm -hmm. you're getting caught up in semantics. You have to... No, I'm not. I'm getting caught up in the literal explanation of and knowing what an electronics expert is. Right. But they didn't, they didn't know. They absolutely knew. At the time that it was drafted, okay. that language, it's just outdated. But okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we've already <laughs> spent a lot of time here. The electronics expert isn't going to go away. There will always be a need for an yes, electronics expert. But at the time, there was nothing but electronics experts to refer to tech experts. I understand. Okay? But, and again, still, there is a, a big difference between a software expert and I, electronics expert. That's why there's I, degrees that are based on their separation. I agree with you. I'm okay. saying that you're getting caught up in the semantics of an outdated like terminology. Interesting. See, I don't I don't I don't see it that way. I I think that the software for at the fundamental point of a radio. If we add software even inside the box of the radio, that is just feature set that goes above and beyond the actual capability of a radio. I, it makes the radio easier and and fun and more fun, but the actual use of the radio is still completely dependent on the electronics. I understand what you are saying. Okay. I am saying that when this was written, mm -hmm. they basically took mm -hmm. the phrase electronics expert mm -hmm. in what would today be called a technology expert. I don't think so. I think they would just add something no, for software. Because the FCC doesn't care. I don't think that's true. They, do you know how long it takes to like revise things that have been a part of... Like, like the baud rate? The baud rate limit, for instance? 
No, Leia, I'm I'm not. You and I are are, and again, this is a pro. Well, congratulations having your first closest to our uh, engineering argument. This is very much close to like arguments that we get into when we're talking about how to engineer a solution, where we're kind of all saying the same thing, and someone watching is like, "You guys are talking past each other. You're talking about the same thing. You're just you're not seeing each other's point." I see exactly where you're going. I'm just saying that I think the FCC would break it down into another comma. They wouldn't. They wouldn't encapsulate expert into but they a word. do not they do not care about this section it's, i think they do okay i, I think they do because As it justifies the point of fighting it justifies the point of why we hone out these frequency spaces they don't even police anything i get that okay i get that. so so when we're talking about this you have to understand that the fcc mm-hmm. very large bureaucratic agency having to deal with the government mm-hmm. also a very large government agency it's like the, the bylaws government. but it's like bylaws right, right, these right. things have to be redrafted mm-hmm. and then they have to be like redlined and the moment they open the redrafting this is a torrential downpour of oh we should put this in we should put that in we should remove this we should remove that and what is you think a simple comma is not a simple comma because it all has to be reapproved. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's not like a document that like is on somebody's Google Drive. You're talking about a document that has to be overseen and then approved by a government body, not the FCC, but like you're talking about like Congress or whatever right, right. that has to reapprove any amendments yes. that cannot pass a budget. Yeah. Okay. I... I'll I'll leave it at this. I like to believe that every night in a cold sweat, maybe there's rain, just a light pitter-patter on the window. Jessica Rosenvorsel, the head of the FCC, wakes up in a in a a cold sweat. Uh-huh. Panicking, looks at their significant other, assuming she has a significant other. But what know. about the hands? But are I'm worried that the hams aren't electronics experts anymore. <laughs> I looked up her name and she has like Rosen, there's a W. So I always wonder, is it like, are we saying American German or German German? What? So it's not, it, it's not Volkswagen. It's Volkswagen. W is a V and a V is an F. So Rosen Warsel is Vorsel. There's a V instead of a W. Ah. So I wonder how she pronounces it. So anyway, there's that that's where I'll leave that whole thing. That was a longer that was a longer talk than I expected there, Leah. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's a good one. Ooh, no, Do you feel like an engineer now? No. Nothing got solved. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was accomplished. <laughs> the staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. I used to have this uh, picture when I was a, before I became a manager or a lead of engineers. Mm -hmm. I used to put memes on my wall back when people used to like Photoshop memes and you can just go to a meme generator and pull up a picture. Mm -hmm. And it was a billboard of like three, you know, teenager, whatever. Um, (laughs) 
kids. And the, the, the stripe of words said, sex can wait. I'm going to become an engineer. <laughs> it was just these smiling kids. Oh, correct me up. Don't use that one so much anymore. <laughs> Can't get away with that today's society. Uh, how the world has changed. How the world has changed. Anyway, welcome to the email correspondence tower. It's a, a, a plethora of little outbuildings that are popping up out here, and we've it's a got compound. It's a compound. Don't say that. We'll get other government government officials coming out if we call something a compound. No, I meant like the modern road compound. What is the modern modern road compound? Modern rogue. Uh, they don't call it the compound. What do they, they call, call it? it? HQ. Okay. All right. Okay. They have a physical HQ though. Used to be a cult house. Cult used to <laughs> So what is a compound? <laughs> now it's an HQ. At one time, though, yes, you could call it a compound. So that's true. Did you say there was a pit out there? Yeah, there's like a pit. We, they, they jokingly call it the sacrificial pit. But we can't, uh, we can't say whether call it was it, or was not actually a sacrificial pit. They just call it the... The place they test thermite out in. The, the pit of HQ. Yeah, the, the HQ pit. <laughs> the sacrificial HQ. That's right. So one of those outbuildings is the Shipping and Receiving Depot, where you send us occasionally things to our P.O. box. And thank you so much for doing that. We are. That is really so nice. By the way, if you send something to us, it's Josh Nass, P.O. Box 5101 in Cerritos, California, 90703, although you don't have to do that. This is from Leo von Bismarck in Germany. Oh, my goodness. And it says... International mail. It, it is written on the outside, book shipment. Book shipment. Wow. So I'm opening this up. It's very soft, so I, I'm not assuming, You're not sure if it's a book. I don't assume it's a book. Um, there is... A, a, I'm going to hand this to you. There's... <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. This this is a sticker that says radio, like like the supreme supreme. <gasps> is this? And this is a sticker that says radio. Yeah. Like the Lakers. This says hi, Josh. Oh, I'll let you. You wanna? And this shirt has a tag that says radio. It just says radio. The With tag a tag says, it says radio. radio yes. And the shirt says radio, like a sports My... team. Oh, like the Lakers, because it's yeah. purple. It's not gold. Well, this though. one it's purple is and purple orange. and gold. Oh, I'm gonna put that on my yellow. laptop. And do that right now. Thank you so much, Leo. This says, hi, Josh. Thanks for putting so much work into giving ham radio a new shine. It oh. seems like you're having a lot of fun doing it. And so are we when watching your content. When I saw this shirt, I thought you must have it. Wait, 73 uh, E-S-G-O-D-X Leo D-L-2-C-O-M. And this is radioskateboards.com, not affiliated. He put in parentheses. And so he took the postcard of the company, Radio Skateboards. Oh. So this is Radio Skateboards. And yeah, it just says radio and scroll. And it's like, it's really cool. So thank you. It says book shipment, though. I'm assuming that that's like a, um, that's to do international shipping, I think. Oh, I see. <laughs> cheesing the customs a little bit we have a uh a video of um our oldest when he was a baby i think he's holding a radio he's holding an frs radio and i'm asking him to give it to me so i, I can show it to him and he goes no and i go it's, what are you doing he's like it's radio yeah. it's like it's, yeah, it's a radio yeah radio 
Radio. And we keep radio. We keep going higher. Yeah. You know, radio. 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 We keep octave keeps going higher. <laughs> I used it in some of my older videos. I have to bring that one back out. Oh. It's a gem. He's nine now. That's crazy. Does that freak you out? Yeah, it freaks me out a little bit. He was talking to you today. He's like, in six years, I'll be driving or something. Like, he'll be 16 or whatever. And I'm like, what? He didn't say that to me. What did he say? He said he was talking about when he's 16 or something. No, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Not to me. Maybe I blocked it out because I don't want to think about it. Yeah, I think I think. I, I thought that in California, kids don't drive at 16 anymore. I thought it, the age is 18. I think they do, but they have to be like in a full Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, racing kit with a helmet with a three on the side. <laughs> Plus the Hans uh, arrestor, though. They have to be uh, tethered into the vehicle by the neck. <laughs> or is it 33? I think it's 33. Somebody's going to scream at me. I'm, I was not the biggest Dale Earnhardt fan. What is Apologize. He, is he NASCAR? NASCAR, yeah. He drives around in a circle? No longer. He died. He used to drive around in a circle? Yep. Hmm. His uh, son continued to race. Dale, Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt Jr. Jr. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Leia, uh, it's a after. Real legacy. So, shut up. <laughs> yes. It is. I, why are you telling it's me to shut up? Real legacy. One, <laughs> the son. There you go. No, actually, I think their whole family was involved in NASCAR. Anyway. Yeah. NASCAR is a great sport. I'm not complaining at all. My uh, my grandfather Bob, he before he passed, he was a massive NASCAR fan. Big NASCAR. Used, used to wear a NASCAR jacket all day. I used to go to his house and he'd have NASCAR on. We'd sit down and watch. The first time I ever did a driving simulator was him. He had the steering wheel on like a Tandy Sensation computer that he bought at Radio Shack, and boy oh boy! So I had played racing video games where you like crash. A little bit, you know, a little bit of crashing to get like, a little your, crashy bit, a little crashy bit to get kind of in the spot you wanted to be. <laughs> he was very offended when I rubbed the car in front of me or next to me at all. He's like, you don't do that in racing. We don't do that. That's dangerous. That's how people die. Oh, my like, God. Like, it was serious. Whoa. It was the most boring racing experience in a game <laughs> I've ever had in my entire life. Because, like... You, the big thing is that, like, I think the game does a poor job with traction. <laughs> it does not do a good job. And so it also does a good, a poor job as, as particularly at that time, like CD-ROM, original CD-ROM game on, like, a 386 computer. It did not impart how fast you were going very well. Mm -hmm. So I would just, like, go in way too fast and not throttle down at all and try and turn and just eat it. And just I would just crash over and over again. He's like, and, and, and you've you've crashed again, um, or I'd spin out. And he's like, and you took out four cars. You did it. Now they're running under red or something like that. He's like, yeah, this was a bad day of racing. It's like I was like, man. Do you remember Will's dad though? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that guy and I we we talked a lot about racing. He was a, a that was a, a drag race guy. Yeah, uh, I have a good friend from college uh, whose name is Will. And his dad, just the most, <laughs> you're talking about somebody who's dynamic. Will's father uh, was, he's still alive, but uh, I'm going to say was because he was a fireman. Was a fireman. And then he was the mayor of Moreno Valley. <laughs> which was the mayor. <laughs> and then he was also. 
competitive drag racer. Yes. And also smokes amazing barbecue. Oh, yeah. Just killer barbecue. Incredible. Great guy. Absolutely great guy. Anyway, we're closing out the shipping and receiving depot. Thank you so much. And we're heading on into the voicemail annex. So no voicemails. No voicemails. No voicemails. No voicemails. <laughs> we are too early. Okay, we'll give the phone number for next week. The number is 562-334-2389. So just because we didn't mention any voicemails this week, it doesn't mean that we won't mention this week's emails ne- or voicemails next week, obviously, because there's going to be a lot. We'll remind people in the in the Discord podcast chat to, hey, just keep in mind. To, hey. We're going to mind them to, hey, calm, calm down <laughs> with the voicemails. <laughs> or just keep in mind that it's two weeks straight. So that means... We're going up the tower. We're going to read your emails. And if you want to email us, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. We would love it if you tell us about your ham radio journey. If you have ham radio questions, we'll do our best to answer them. And if we can't, we'll try and point you in the right direction. And if you send us a merch idea that goes onto our website, hamtactical.com, that helps support the podcast, the YouTube channel, all the things we do. Uh, and if we make it, if we like it, we make it, and uh, we'll send you one for free. So feel free to send us your merch ideas. All right. Well, this first email is actually an email from last week that I didn't read. In our four-hour email or a podcast, yes. we didn't get to all the emails. Right, exactly. Wow, that new format. This... <laughs> This is titled 12-Volt Laptop Merch Idea. Oh, this is an idea whose time has come. And this is from Blake. Mm -hmm. Hey, ham fam. I was sitting in class tonight thinking about the 12-Volt laptop and how there is no merch for it, despite it being Josh's new obsession. It is one of them, yes. I started thinking about what a a jankopotamus would look like, and I really couldn't put to paper the hippopotamus made out of spare radio parts that came to mind. He's green, if that helps. However, I did have a much better thought of this beast attaching jumper cables to the laptop. I apologize for the rough concept, but if you guys like it as much as I do, I would love to see what you can do with it. If not, hope it at least gives a good chuckle like it did for me. Anyways, 73 Blake K4 IWF. And I'm going to show josh this picture it's a 12 volt battery I, okay yes i like that cables I, uh, to okay a laptop yeah this is a very good illustration in fact i you know blake you are a talent that's and if we make it you will get one for free yeah and, and just to explain the imagery imagine a laptop where you have taken a car battery that's next to it attached car jumper cables and then the clamps one goes to the side of the laptop and the other goes to the top right of the monitor and just it and then it has a screen that shows a battery charging perfect mm-hmm. and then you put like the jankopotamus underneath it or the new one the new one that i'm i'm now using which is the gateway is affectionately named the crap top the crap top <laughs> so that's that's the current iteration of the 12 volt laptop wow i am shocked how hard that has gripped ham radio there is not a day where i pass through the facebook page because i've got you know facebook feed of all the groups i'm in which are all pretty much ham radio groups there are so many pictures of people operating out there with these 12 volt laptops now it is becoming (laughs) a thing 
it is a thing and i'm so happy for whatever part i played in that so i hope we can find more the gateway is the only one that's commercially available right now and reminder it is the gateway 11 inch flip i we mentioned the product id on the last podcast i believe but if you want to be doubly sure on what that is i called it out buy the product id on the last after chat which was following up my shack tour my live shack tour video so if you want to follow up there you can too so i um i have to clarify something i got more emails this week than any other week what yes okay so but mainly because I have really bad news for everybody. <laughs> I, I had oh, to send oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. Well, one, I sent out emails for um, refunds on shipping. Yes. I did. If anybody wanted to move from priority to first class um, and had I had sent out an email telling uh, people who we should had go back early a adopters. We're talking about the patches. Okay. So for the patches. Yes. I originally had them set up at, at like the lowest price you could do priority mail. Um, it, it is almost like spot, um, Shopify forces you down this rabbit hole. Right. Because I want had you to... to go priority mail because there's a tracking number. Right. And that helps all parties alleviate themselves from fraud. It's, I think, their idea. Right. So then I figured out mm-hmm. by rigging up all this it took me forever uh because somebody was like no you can you can ship first class and i was like that wasn't even an option so i go down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out how people can select first class and i have to like mess with all these settings and it turns out it's specifically related to the package size the way that it's yes put into the platform once you get this package size that is within a specific like it has to be dimensions big enough mm-hmm. but also small enough it has to be like kind of like an envelope uh, not exactly i mean okay in the same space yeah regardless you took the time you bought new mailers you yes. figured out how to fold them yeah just to, right to... We, we you created a, a product line we sat down for multiple hours you spent many hours on this but i sat down with you to help package a lot of this stuff the first we should say the first batch went out well let me let me clarify something first okay once i figured out how to do it Mm -hmm. everyone who had bought before i started offering first First class class. shipping i emailed and said everyone i found a cheaper way Mm -hmm. to ship if you would like to switch to first class instead of priority then shoot me an email back. Let me know. I will refund you. And you did. The difference. You took the hours of time <laughs> to refund every person that bought priority mail that asked to go to first class. But it was really important to me to do oh, that yeah. because no, I, think I it's great. really thank everybody yes. for supporting the patches. Yes. I do have additional patches planned. So it's good that I figured it out during this first run. Yes. But uh, then I went to go pack the orders, right? And I printed out all the packing slips 
I actually had assumed that I had more than um, than the number of orders because I put in an inventory amount based off of what I had ordered for, right? And we sold out. But here's the kicker: they shorted me like almost forty. Yes. Patches. Yes. Which they're correcting now. They're working on it right now. I don't know how it happened. I'm probably going to have to change patch manufacturers now. Okay. But (laughs) I had started just in whatever order the packing slips had printed. Yeah. Which meant I had packed all the new... Just assuming that I had enough. You went first in, last out. Yeah. On your processing. Right. Which it should have been first in, first out. Yes. So you actually... Or last in, first out. Then first in, first out. Last in, first out is how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually went back and... So I packed all of those. Yes. And then I had to open You reopened to flip it to last in, or sorry, first in, first out. And then emailed every person (laughs) to make sure that like to offer them a refund um, to, you know, if they didn't want to wait. Right. If they didn't want to wait three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or however long. We're hoping it's faster than that because they shipped faster the last time. But Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So. Now, to all of you who replied to that email, you all, I looked at a lot of them. Yeah. And you all were like, yeah, I'll take first Everybody class. was so nice. Thank you I guys just thank so you for much. doing it. We appreciate you doing it. You, um, the warmth and heartfelt thank yous were really appreciated. And we, again, just appreciate you all. It's it's just us two doing it. And we are trying to like make it efficient on our time. But yeah. sometimes things happen. This is probably an example of that. I think uh, Leia in particular, you have learned a ton on the patch yes, yeah. making and selling. So we may do another round in the future. I know that when you when you got with when you talked to the manufacturer like, hey, where's the rest of the patches? Mm-hmm. You actually bought in more. So right. we will have more supply. Right. Eventually. Um and then also we're thinking about other patches too. So Yeah, because like we're the, definitely like doing uh, tech general and extra that way. I think you go straight to appliance operator. I think yeah. you go that one first and then we do the, the tech general and extra. Well, tech general and extra because you can complete your set. And I think oh, yeah, when no, I do that, really want that, when I do that, I'm going to add a VE badge. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, And then appliance operator. Because so, you got it. Yeah. So, but uh, so the only... emails that you received in mass are not necessarily for the podcast. They are exactly the, the multitude of people who replied to you yes. um, in in refunding them some shipping. So, one, thank you, Leia, for doing that. I think that is the right thing to do, and also thank you all for so quickly replying to Leia. Appreciate it. Uh, so now it's time. Seriously? Yes. That's it. <laughs> yes. So uh, I oh I brought that all up to say yes. If you wrote me an email in response to any of those updates related to shipping or your your patch basically being on hold until the next shipment comes in, I'm not reading those on the podcast. 
Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But also it because I think there were some that had responded to me other things, not just a response to my question, but something that they may have wanted read on the podcast. Oh, yeah. But Please I am do not, not intermingle uh, but, yeah, those. But I'm not yeah. going to. I apologize. Yeah. At no time should you intermingle the patch emails with the podcast emails. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I That may sound efficient, but it actually is much harder to to negotiate so uh, okay that's it then yeah so now it's time well this it's is gonna be a short episode <laughs> i thought i i thought i soaked up all the time with the uh with the show topic this last email comes from our friend vic vic oh you know what no mm -hmm. this is uh, we already did this one. Oh. It popped it back up because there were questions. So we already did the last email. So that's it. That's truly it. That's truly it. Well, everybody, reminder, I'm going to Hamcation. I am staying at the Rosen Inn on International Boulevard. And just looking at the map, I was in and out of that area because I was loosely staying at the Universal Hyatt or something like that. I don't know, which is kind of just down the street. But looking in and around that whole area there are a ton of restaurants a lot of them are just like chain restaurants so i don't know that they can accommodate like a large group but i get in in the afternoon on thursday a lot of the youtubers are staying in the rosen and so i think i'm going to meet up with some of them and go have dinner and we're going to try and find does a the rosen spot. have a bar it it probably does but okay i, I don't know yet I'm going to go get the lay of the land, which is normally what I say. It's like, I got to be there. Um, I will post on my YouTube channel, like where we're going to meet up on mm -hmm. Friday. So the following day, this Friday is going to be the meetup time. It will be after the show, of course. And it's likely going to be somewhere that's in the walking distance of the Rosen, which I think is going to be appreciated by pretty much everybody that's uh, staying in and around there. If it can be at the Rosen, that'd be great. My concern is that they may not have food. Or the food options. They absolutely be that great. do because there is Floridian favorites, the Everglades restaurant, Caribbean and Cuban flavors at Harry's Poolside Bar and Grill. At the Rosen Inn? Uh, oh, the do Rose... I need to bring my board shorts? This is the Rosen Center. I'm at the Rosen Inn on International. Oh, the Rosen Inn? That's different from the Rosen Hotel? I think it might be. In Point Orlando? No. I I don't know, man. But We're is doing it, it in Orlando? Uh, let's see. So I have a reservation. Rosen Inns. It is. Rosen Inn International? Rosen On International. Inn. Yeah, International's the street. Okay. The Rosen Inn International. Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, then that is not the same. No. Why is everything called the Rosen out there? I, I think the Rosen is like a, a dude who bought a bunch of hotels. <sighs> and I'm they just going to have... stick my name on all the buildings. Okay. So there is Shogun Japanese Steakhouse. I don't think we're going to do that. On International Drive. There's a sushi. International Pub. I mean, that is closer to where we want to be. I just don't know how many people are going to be out there to meet up with us. And every time I've said, oh, it's not going to be that many people, it turned out to be many people. 
and we needed to as many people find a, a better location uh for everyone so we're gonna like i said thursday we're gonna get the lay of the land i'm gonna see if there's any kind of uh rooms we can rent or anything like that to to have everybody meet up where it's just you know tables and chairs that kind of thing there is uh like a a pub kind of thing and leia was one of the ones i saw and there was another one that i'm talking to some of the youtubers about so we'll see anyway stay tuned to my youtube channel my twitter my instagram i will try and update that as we go through the week you guys should go to Cafe Tutu Tango. I was thinking about Cafe Tutu Tango, actually. I love actually. Cafe Tutu Tango. I was thinking about that, but my concern was, like, if I roll in there and I'm like, I need a place for, like, 30 people. But then when we did Hamvention uh, at Troll Pub, we got way more than 32 people. Yeah. So I'm I, I, I going to be like, I want to be like, hey, can we get like 30, a room for 30 people? But then can we be flexible if we cram like 60 people in here? You know, like that's, mm. you know, it's very weird to, to have no, we have like a loose plan. So we don't really know like the number that we're going to get. Anyway. This is what concierge is. This is for. all the logistics BS that we normally go through that we just try and wing the, the night of. So like I said, I'm flying out early, super early on Thursday, so I'll get there in the afternoon. Strongwater Tavern. I was looking at Strongwater. That was the other one. So somewhere around there, we'll be talking about it. I will check it out on Thursday, and then we'll report in the form of a post on my YouTube channel and Twitter, likely Instagram as well. There's a hookah can... lounge. Yeah, that's... I need hookah for 60 people. <laughs> do you hookah can we hookah 60 people that's people? probably the easiest place to do it there's also the lucky lucky leprechaun irish pub no i mean you, you need to have food we're not just going to subsist on hookah uh, pubs have food they're public houses no i know a pub does but the hookah lounge is probably not gonna that be was a okay that's... anyway well i think that's gonna do it for us tonight thank you everybody hope to see you in hamcation again come up and say hi I will have uh, QSL cards and stickers to hand out. Patches, though, because of the kerfuffle that we're dealing with, I don't I really have any patches. No. So maybe for Hamvention, I'll be handing some out, but that will uh, that will be a part of something that we're, we're planning. We've got a plan we're working. Mm. We'll talk more about that in the future. Obviously, that is a ham fest in the future. So anyway, catch up, say hi. Uh, please, 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 please come and say hi. And until I see you hopefully in person, 73. 73.